Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up, 2 o'clock on this Thursday in Phoenix. I was going to say Friday. I was going to say Friday. It's your Friday, baby. It's my Friday. It's my final show of 2023. My final show of 2023, right here. This is it. Uh, Burns, you will be in next week. I will be off. Tim Ring is just going to continue filling in. He is our uh, bullpen guy, overworked, overused, but he's keeping the ER, ERA down. That's why we keep going to him. Reliability. He's our guy. Sixth inning. Bring in, bring in Tim Ring. I can get two outs. We got a couple outs for us. So, uh, final show for me, 2023. I wish everybody right now a very Merry Christmas. Um, for those of you celebrating Christmas and Happy Hanukkah and just, uh, hope everybody has, uh, some time to spend with family and loved ones and just has a, a great Christmas time. So, I'm um, excited to do the show today and then we'll get you into, uh, next year. The next time I come back, it'll be 2023. I gotta tell you this, I had an interesting thing. You ever go to, uh, my wife wanted like a, a medium iced kicker or something, a Dutch Bros when I was getting back from my workout. So I got in the Dutch Brothers line, right? And they got the two lines, the right and the left. And on the left, there was a couple of cars, few cars. And so I went to the right and I cut a whole bunch of cars. But then I kind of felt bad about it. You cut? Like, you cut? There's two lines, one on the left and one on the right. And I got to the right and then the guy comes out and he's taking the order and he's like, well, he goes, are you ahead of these guys? I go, yeah, I think I'm ahead of them. And I really wasn't. And then I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I feel terrible. Because the guy, the guy, the guy on the other side, he was actually there before me, right? And then I look, and he's got he's got a cross in his winch in his window, like you know, hanging from the mirror, the cross and everything. I'm like, yeah, he's a Christian. He's a Christian. So am I. I'm like, are you though? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Really? Yeah, so I'm a Christian. You're, sure. not, be, you're not behaving like it today. But but, but so <laughs> when I got to the line, I'm like, hey, do you guys do gift cards? So I bought him a gift card, and I left. It. I said, listen, just give this to him and tell him I'm a. Apo- I apologize for cutting him. There you go. That's a, now that's a Christian. Yeah. So I bought him a gift card, and I get, and I and I and then I I, put, I you know I, I pulled ahead, I stopped, and then I see him waving at me because he you know they gave him the gift card. I had a guy in front of you because he felt bad that he cut you. He cut the line, so he got you a gift card. So there you go. No bad karma for me. And if he's listening to this, he's like, "Holy crap! That was Gambo. Gambo got wow. me a gift card. I did. I looked at him and it's like he's got the cross. And I'm like, Ugh. I used to hate that guy, but now I like him. Right? And I'll, I'll you know, when I say <laughs> my prayers tonight, I'll, I'll apologize for for that. I was kind of in a rush, and I was like, you know, that's it. but then I felt bad about it. I kind of felt bad about it, so I, I bought him a gift card and I said, here you go. All right, we got a big show and a lot of guests today. A lot of guests. We're going to be joined by Quinton Harris, Vice President of Player Personnel. He's going to replace Steve Kime for our weekly interview. So we'll talk with Quinton Harris. We got Bill Armstrong after the Yotes uh, game last night. We got Kellen Olson that's going to join us, and then Dwayne Washington Jr. from the Phoenix Suns. I got a big game tomorrow against Memphis. Let's waste no time. Let's tell you what our top story of the day is. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in, brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Uh, it's the uh, season to believe, right? It's a season to believe. This sure. is a season to believe. Sure. Right? Sure. Uh, how about believing in the Cardinals' ability to get a win? You believe in that? Nope. Okay, you don't believe in that? <laughs> nope. Can I, give you a, can I give you a reason to believe? 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, we're looking, we're, we're grasping at straws here, Ringer. I, this is going to be a crazy show. You found I, something. You found something. But I, I did. I found something. I found a reason. I got, Hallelujah. You know, this will be like a little, like the last day, it's like the last day of a road trip is for a team. Like the last day before you go on vacation is a little goofy. I heard Vince and, uh, you know, that uh, Vince Brad and Bick and, and Sarah this morning and Jared's on vacation. They were very, very goofy for most of their they show. Loopy. They were left last day of school. It's like, exactly. Um, yep. Here you go. Here's your reason. A bizarre trend in this mostly miserable buck season continues Christmas night when Todd, Todd Bowles' team again faces an opponent employing a newbie or nondescript backup quarterback. Hmm. Ready for this? In four previous games that the Tampa Bay Bucks have faced a team using a rookie or reserve quarterback, they've lost all four. All four. They've lost them all. Kenny Pickett, P.J. Walker, Jacoby Brissett, Brock Purdy. They've lost them all. They're 0-4 against teams starting a Scrabini. 0-4 against those teams. P.J. Walker in the Panthers beat him 21-3. Jacoby Brissett in the Browns beat him 23-17 in overtime. Brock Purdy and the 49ers slaughtered them 35-7. And Kenny Pickett... They beat him twenty to eighteen. Kenny P- Mitchell Trubisky ended up coming in, yeah, but, but Pickett ended up uh, playing, and he played very well in that game, and they beat him. There you go, Cardinals by seven. <laughs> right? What? Uh, you wanted a reason to believe in the Cardinals? I just gave you a reason to believe. I know, but he, uh, but but our guy's a third string quarterback, so it kind of blows that all out of the water. Why a rookie or reserve quarterback? A reserve quarterback, oh, the non-starter. Right. All four right. games against a non-starter. The Bucks are zero and four. Did Tom you, Brady can't beat Kenny Pickett, PJ Walker, Jacoby Brissett, or Brock Purdy. For some reason, these you know these first time you know these these backup quarterbacks are having success against the Bucks. All right, hang your hat on that. Now, Brock Purdy's got himself a pretty good defense. <laughs> He does. He threw for two touchdowns, no interceptions against Kobe the defense. Kobe was pretty much the starter the entire season, waiting for Watson to get back. Okay, right. whatever. Was he? He's not their starting quarterback. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's. Baker Mayfield was the starter when PJ Walker came in, threw for two touchdowns, no interceptions, yeah. had a passer rating of one twenty six point five. Hey, listen, the how Bucks, about that? The Bucks got problems over over uh, against any quarterback. I mean, this has been a miserable season. I told you they're they're averaging about. I mean, Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles are going to be on the hot seat after this season. They may make the playoffs and still lose their job. Yeah, I think they're really not I mean, very happy with Todd Bowles, which kind of sucks because Todd Bowles is he's a good guy, and I was hoping that he would do well there. Um, listen, it's a big game for the Bucks. Two of the four division titles have been clinched. They're in first place. They control their own destiny. They, you know, they they're not playing very well. But they've got a one-game lead in the NFC South. There's three weeks to play. They might have to run the table to get in. They might not have to. But you know, for them, like this is a game that they're looking at as a must-win game. So, and this could be, you know, this could be the final time Cardinal fans see Tom Brady play. This could be the final time Tom Brady play ever plays in this stadium. Could be the final time that as a fan you get to watch Tom Brady play if they don't make the playoffs. I mean, so. You know, there's that angle too. This we don't know what Tom Brady's going to do. He's had this illustrious career, the best quarterback that's ever played. Um, 
Some might have said Joe Montana, but Brady passed them by, even though Montana never lost the Super Bowl and Brady did lose some. But I think that, you know, that's another angle to look at. You might be looking at the final game where you get to sit down and watch Tom Brady play a football game. I think there's something to be said for that. Also, take it a step further. This is the first time Cardinal fans have seen Tom Brady play against the Cardinals in that stadium. Now, it was the last time it was Jimmy Garoppolo. The last it was time the Patriots coming here, and the Brady Cardinals were coming off of the champion, coming off of the, the appearance in the NFC Championship. They had the Amazon uh, TV show. What was that called? Not Hard Knocks. All or nothing. All or nothing. And then they were supposed to come out and just kick ass that year, and they lost to the Patriots in the first game of the season. They did. And Jimmy Garoppolo threw a touchdown pass to Chris Hogan, and that was the first sign of trouble in 2016 that the Cardinals were not going to be as good as they were the previous year when they went to the NFC Championship game. So Brady's never faced the Cardinals at State Farm Stadium. He's played there in a couple of Super Bowls. Super Bowls and lost course. to the Giants. But, but, but Yes, uh, they, they did. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the I was at that game. Yes, and they, they they beat the Seattle Seahawks on the the Marshawn Lynch didn't get the ball game. Brady's been around so long, though, Gambo. He has faced the Cardinals in Arizona. It was just at Sun Devil Stadium. Is that crazy? I mean, think about Isn't that. Isn't that crazy? And it wasn't even his first season. <laughs> it was like his third. Wow. Those, you know, I mean, it's I think, amazing. One player that comes to mind when you think of Sun Devil Stadium. Give me one player that comes to mind. There's one player I always think about when I think of Sun Devil Stadium Cardinals. Be, be like not Jake Plummer, not Jake a, Plummer, Eric, no. Eric Swan, no. Anybody? You guys want to guess? Did Simeon, you Simeon Rice, no. Quarterback, Josh McCown, Kent Graham. I because he was on the ground. Well, how are we going to guess cheering? <laughs> because this is what I always remember. Kent Graham was the quarterback. He sucked. Him and Dave Brown, they went and got former Giants. They both were terrible. They kept getting former New York Boomer Esiason, Kent Graham, Dave Brown. They got Kent Graham. He's terrible. Jake Plummer, he's on the bench. Kent Graham goes down and a heap gets hurt. And everybody's like, yeah! Yes, he's hurt! Yes! And then Jake Plummer came in. I'll just never... So to me... I always think it's Sun Devil Stadium and Kent Graham because here's this poor bastard lying on the ground. Poor Kent Graham. <laughs> you know, lying on the ground in pain and everybody's cheering because it means Jake Plummer's coming in the game. Kent Graham, former Notre Damer. Poor Kent yes. Graham. Yeah. Hey, he had a decent career. Not very, I mean, he made money. He's, he's big. He's in, he the could, league, he's in the league for a while. He throw it. Played at uh, Notre Dame. The, uh, the, the college football playoff semifinal is coming to State Farm Stadium on December 31st, featuring number two Michigan and number three TCU as they score off for the first time ever in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. Head to the contest page now on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets. The Suns take on Memphis tomorrow. But according to one Grizzlies player, it doesn't matter. Because the Suns can't beat the Grizzlies. We'll talk about that next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Fight! Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right. Suns and Grizzlies tomorrow. Final home game. For the Suns, before they embark on a pretty long road trip, what did we say, seven games? Seven games. Seven games. 
for them. They will be on the road for a while. But a big game tomorrow against the Memphis Grizzlies, one of the better teams in the West, a team that we all look at and we say, okay, that's a real threat for them. Now, the, the Grizzlies coming off of that loss to Mitch's Denver Nuggets the other night, right? The Denver Nuggets played very well. The Grizzlies have, they have some problems on the road. They do struggle on the road. They're six and nine on the road. They had first place in the West and then Denver took it over. It's kind of a back and forth between the Suns and then the Grizzlies and then the Nuggets. It's just a real battle right there. But listen, they're a talented team. Jaron Jackson Jr. is one of the best defensive players in this league. He had five blocks, three steals in that game against Denver. John Morant had 35 points. They just struggled shooting the basketball. They were two for 19 from beyond the arc. And then listen, you know, the, the NBA today is all about, you look at that number, right? What, maybe no other statistic defines a win loss more than the three pointer. You look at two for 19 from behind the three. They lost. Yep. They lost. Yep. You've, you, you can't miss 17 out of 19 three pointers. Now, well, that was aside from Morant. Morant shot the ball better himself, but the rest of his teammates can't knock no, down no, a three. So. No, yeah. The rest of his teammates did, right? Right. I mean, aside from him, aside yeah. from him, the Grizzlies were two of nineteen point, from behind the arc. Point stands though, Gamble. He needs help shooting the basketball. This, he, Desmond Bain's been out now. He's, he's been, been out, out for a while. He's been out for seven, Se- seventeen games. Yep. He's been out for a while, and you know they're hoping to get him back maybe for the Christmas Day game against the Golden State Warriors. So that could be it. But they've really struggled with with him out of the lineup. They're ten and seven without him. That includes a seven game winning streak. But they have struggled. They've uh, you know they've been you know about a five hundred team for for a while now, and um, you know with with the games that they've played, they're twentieth in three pointers per game, twenty fifth in percentage um, without their three point marksman. So without Without him, they're 20th in three-pointers per game at 11.2, 25th in percentage at 33.4 without Bain in the lineup. So to get him back, uh, and they, again, they think there's maybe a chance. He, he tweeted something out, a cryptic-type tweet that maybe he'll be back for the Christmas Day game. But nobody expects him to play tomorrow against the Phoenix Suns. So no Desmond Bain for the Suns. We'll find out with the Suns with their injury report. But a good game, like a big game for the Phoenix Suns. I mean, anytime they play in New Orleans or Memphis, these are the teams that are on the rise in the West and teams that they're going to have to contend with for the next few years. You know, Gambo, it it doesn't really matter per se in the standings. I mean, I guess it could if you're talking about home court advantage and all these games count in that regard. But I think the psychological warfare, you can stage in the regular season it is meaningful. That's why I thought the comeback win against the Pelicans to avoid losing to that team three straight games, why, why Booker getting 58 and putting the team on his back the other day was was so huge for the Suns to to win that that game because you always want to put it in the back of another team's mind that you can beat them and in a high leverage situation you are the better team. You don't want that team having the mental upper hand on you in the regular season because that will matter in the postseason. You want to send a message when you can in the regular season and the Suns will have an opportunity to do that tomorrow night against Memphis because John Morant, that kid just bubbles with confidence. I mean, you hear what he said the other day, we'll probably play it here uh, in a, in a minute, oh, we're or gonna so. play it. Yeah, but I mean, this guy, this guy thinks he's the best. I mean, he's already said he could beat Michael Jordan in his prime in one-on-one basketball, and he he already thinks they're the best team in the West, and he thinks they're going to go to the finals. And you know, so that's 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 his mentality right now. So when he takes the court, he he acts as if, and he thinks that he's he's the baddest man on the planet, and that goes a long way in, in determining you know how well he plays, and he plays awfully well. 
Yeah. He plays awfully let's, well. Let's waste no time. Let's get to that cut. Here is Ja Morant uh, asking who he sees as the contenders for the NBA championship. Who do you look at around the league as you're studying and say, we're going to have to run through them? Celtics. No one in the West. Nah, I'm fine in the West. Oh, cap the brakes, John. Oh, you guys have won nothing. They've won nothing. nothing. They're under 500 on the road in the West. I mean, they're 19 and 11. And also, as you say, they, they, I mean, they've won nothing of significance yet in the postseason. Also, by the way, I, 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 how do his teammate, I'm fine in the West. Not we're fine in the West. Yeah. I'm fine in the West. Okay, easy killer. Right. Easy guy. Right. Do you remember the do you remember the freaking bum comment? Freaking bum. Remember Clay Thompson? Freaking bum. Freaking bum. That was about the that was about Memphis. That was about Jaron Jackson Jr. Freaking bum. Freaking bum. Remember? Because they like who are the, who are you guys? Like you, you know. They were just talking it up the whole playoffs. They were tweeting like they were two time NBA champions. Strength in numbers, right? I mean, taunting yep. them, and then they go and they get their asses kicked. You know, they you know, Golden State beats them in a, in the playoff matchup, and you know, Clay. Thompson, he you know he's got a memory like an elephant, you know. Strength in numbers is alive and well. There was he said there was one player on the Grizzlies who tweeted strength in numbers after they beat us in a regular season, and it pumped me up so much. I can't wait to retweet that thing. Freaking bum! I had to watch that. I was like, this freaking clown! You're gonna mock us like you ain't never been there before, bro. We've been there. We know what it takes. So to be here again, hold that Twitter fingers. Can you like Clay Thompson went all. Off on the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, I would say this about Memphis. John Moran, Jared. Man, shut your trap. They, they just, you guys have won nothing. I mean, and I know Bain is out, but they just went to they went to, to Denver and, and, and Jokic put a put a clown You're suit on him. Six and nine on the road. He's throwing bounce passes between his legs. Man, they you've whipped never him up. Won anything? And I You're know. sitting there. I mean, you did I know. it. You did, not, did you not learn your lesson last year when Clay Thompson ripped you after they beat you? I'm good in the West. I'm good in the West. There's nobody in the West that could beat John Morant. Basically saying that there's nobody in the West that could beat them. Their only challenge is the Boston Celtics in the East. <laughs> I mean, to a certain extent, you, you could say you know, we are moving into a new generation in the Western Conference, though. I mean, there's a, the, I, I don't think the Warriors, I don't think you could bury the Warriors yet, but we're so programmed as Suns fans now to look at, look at the, the Golden State Warriors and, and even the Dallas Mavericks to a certain extent as the teams that, that you have to worry about in the West in terms of getting in, into the finals again. But I'm starting to think that even here as we, as we hit Christmas, you may really want to start worrying about the Grizzlies, Pelicans, and Nuggets when it comes, when it comes Listen, to think, basketball, right? I think you should respect those teams. I think the young teams on the rise, I yeah. think you should respect them. But man, if you, you, if you're, a, if you're, you're a coach, Coach or a GM of those teams, you don't want your players doing that. Don't give the, don't give anybody ammunition. Let's just prove ourselves on the court. There's no reason to for you know Jaron Jackson Jr. to do what he did. There's no reason on Malika and Malika Andrews show for John Morant to come out there and basically say that there is nobody in the West that he sees a competition because the Suns are going to have something to say about that, and so are the Warriors. 
and so are the Pelicans and you know anybody they play now. Really, you don't think we're we're you don't think we're a, a, a contender also, in the West? They're nineteen and eleven. I mean, it's it's not like you know it's not like if Jason Tatum and, and, and the, the Celtics you. are twenty two and ten or Giannis twenty two and nine. I mean, guys, they're they're nineteen and eleven. The Nuggets have the same record. The Pelicans are and the Suns are a game behind. I'm them. telling I mean, you, if dude, you go relax. back to some of those, Golden State beat the hell out of them in a couple of games last year in the playoffs. If you remember that series, right? Memphis won the first game, and then Gold, uh, no, Golden State won. For Memphis won the second game, yep. so it was tied one one, and then Golden State won three out of four. They clobbered them in a couple of those games. The Warriors beat the hell out of the Grizzlies. So you know, it's it's not just winning; it's just you know. Don't say anything. You don't need to say anything. Because guys remember that stuff. Clay Thompson certainly remembered it. You don't think the Suns are going to be looking at that? You go on ESPN, Malika Andrews' show, and you say there's no competition in the West for us. We're the best team. There's no competition. Don't got to worry about a thing. You know who's going to remember it, or he's gonna, you know who's going to know about it. Devin Armani Booker. Believe me, if yeah. He, if he, he plays, takes that stuff, oh personal. my god! And he, he will let Morant know about it if he drops fifty tomorrow. Text, uh, text us your thoughts on the Memphis Grizzlies and what Ja Morant had to say about no competition in the West, just the Celtics for them in the NBA championship. You can text us to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty. He's taken over for Steve Kime. He's the vice player, uh, vice uh, president of. Player personnel, Quinton Harris. He is going to join us next. We'll talk a little Cardinals football, get you ready for the Bucks game, see what he has about the injury update and the roster, and just what his role is going to be. So Quinton Harris will join us next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cardinals GM Steve Kime. Kime time. With Burns and Gambo. Presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. All right, welcome back to the show. Time to talk some Cardinals football as they get set for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Final home game of the season. And joining us right now, the vice president of player personnel, Quinton Harris. Quinton, Tim, and Gambo, how are you today? I'm awesome, guys. How you guys doing? All right, first of all, before we get into, you know, your role and the team and everything like this, mm-hmm. I, I, I did have some Somebody tell me something about this excursion in the woods to clear your mind. And I, I got to know, I, I watched some of those Alaska shows and things like yeah. that. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm semi out of my mind and I, I like my alone time. So uh, I hiked Mount Rainier. I did a solo hike. I did the Wonderland Trail. So it was me, my pack, my food and, and my thoughts. And it was it was pretty awesome. Uh, I had a few scary moments, but, you know, it, it, it was one of those things where the mountain had beautiful views, but you had to earn every view. Uh, so it was an amazing experience. I want to do it again. My wife is against it, so we'll have to talk about that, but it, it was awesome. You know, I like doing things like that. Uh, How long was it? Fact, I'm sorry, go ahead. How long was it? Uh, it was about six days. Okay. Yep, six days carrying my food and, and packing everything. And, you know, again, uh, I went to Israel, Jordan, uh, Egypt, so I, I like to do a little things, uh, some things outside the box. All right, so what's, what's the most dangerous thing that happened to you on this adventure. Any any wild animals attack you? No, I made sure I made a lot of noise to keep the bears away, but uh, I went early, um, obviously because training camp was looming around the corner and I, you know, there's there's snow still up there, so I wasn't prepared for the snow and the ice and that sort of thing, but 
I opened my big mouth to Wolf and told him I was doing this, so I had to finish it, um, you know, scaling the side of a mountain of ice and snow. That that was my scary moment. Had a couple slips, but I survived. Oh, man. I think, wow. I, I think, I'd be, I, I think your wife might be on the, the right call here. Like, yeah, you did it once. That's good. You got it out of your mind. Out of the way, uh, let's let, let's let's talk about your role. You've been with this organization for a long time, like fifteen years. You've worked your way up, um, yep. you know, from Syracuse to the Cardinals, and uh, you know, you handle a lot of the college scouting and the board and everything like that. With Steve, yep. with Steve on an absence right now, a medical absence. Mm-hmm. How has your role changed in these final three weeks of the season? I think uh, I just you know, along with Adrian Wilson, uh, more administrative things because uh, my role in terms of the overseeing the college and the pro department that those things haven't changed but you know a little more meetings that sort of thing um you know i would say from an administrative standpoint more meetings with michael uh you know kind of that role yeah but quinton obviously with the unknown of when steve's going to be back clearly mm-hmm. responsibilities i mean when you find out steve's leaving for for an undetermined amount of time mike mike turns to you and a dub and says hey guys it's your show so as, as, yeah. a, as a guy who's paid his dues like what's the first thing that goes through your mind now that you know it's not the circumstances you wanted, but then right. again, it, it is your show right now. Yeah, you know, I've been doing this for a while, so uh, I was fortunate, you know, in our organization to get a lot of exposure to different areas, different departments, so uh, it, it, really it hasn't changed that much outside of the meetings and, and being more privy to some of the information uh, in, in small decisions so far. So I, I would say, you know, what went through my mind initially was, okay, I'm prepared, uh, we've been doing a lot of these things anyway, so uh, it, it, it didn't feel overwhelming at all by any stretch of the imagination. Do you look at it as an opportunity, or is it the past 15 years the opportunity to Im- impress either the ownership here or with another organization that, that you deserve mm-hmm. a shot to be a general manager? Yeah, so it's crazy because things have happened so fast. I, I didn't really get to that point where I'm looking at opportunity. I'm just trying to do the best job, you know, in the role that I am right now, but obviously you want to put your best foot forward because it is an unknown you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but you know, I you know want to do my job, and you know, in these last few weeks, do as much as I can, myself and Adrian, as much as we can to kind of you know get things rolling in the right direction going into the off season. Hey, Quinton, since this is the first time we've had a chance to really talk to you, I would just love to get your opinion on the season as a guy who played the game. You know, you were a scout, you worked your way up, now you're mm-hmm. an executive. Yeah. Outside of the injuries, and feel free to talk about the injuries, but from your perspective, where did this season go? wrong and how do you put it in perspective what do you think you can tell cardinal fans on on what in the heck happened here in 2022 yeah i i think you know there was there was a number of things you know a, a few different distractions obviously we had the injuries but it was just one of those seasons where uh a distraction here and there an injury here and there and it's been tough but you know like we talked about again adjusting adapting you know being former players you know we're gonna have to be adaptable and i think you know this season has certainly been the case and the situation in terms of us having to adapt and be able to move on the fly. And I think so far, you know, we've, we've, we've done that because adversity is going to hit. And as you know, when you look back in your life and you think about a tough situation that you went through and you made it through and how much stronger you are for that. So, you know, that's kind of the approach that we're going to take right now in terms of, you know, what happened 
into the season. Again, that was in the past, and the only thing we can do is move forward. Obviously, you know, we want to try to learn from the past, but again, uh, you know, our vision is moving forward. We've seen some draft picks take a step up, and I'll ask you this based on, you know, your, your job with the college scouting and helping to put the board together and everything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen Isaiah Simmons have his moments, and Zayvon Collins have his moments, even my Jai mm-hmm. Sanders and Cameron Thomas. Let me ask you about Trey McBride. He was the first pick that, that you guys had last year after you traded your yep. first round pick. It's been a slow go. I think many of us expect that if you were going to take a tight end in the second round that yep. high, that he would be an immediate impact player. He has not been. Why do you think that's, why do you think, the, what's the reasons for why he struggled? I think, you know, initially it, it was your young guy. He is the Mackey Award winner, but your young guy, and don't, and don't forget Zach Ertz, you know, so he's going to get the lion's share of the work. And it was one of those deals where, you know, Zach was getting the work and, you know, Trey had his moments. You, you hope that he would develop quicker and he didn't. But what we're seeing right now with the amount of reps he's getting, we're seeing, you know, the guy that we drafted and we're super excited, you know, is what he's done. And this is the tip of the iceberg for him. You know, you watched the game last week and you see what kind of player is, what kind of production he's getting. And he's a guy that's a dual threat. He can run, block, as well as catch the ball. So I think a lot of it was just opportunity, him learning the game. Because again, he's going from Colorado State to the big show. And in that, that's, a, that's a jump. So there is a bit of a learning curve. But the guy that we're seeing now, the guy that we've seen the last few weeks, that that's who we drafted and we're excited about him. Not addressing the offensive line as much as maybe a lot of us think you guys should have. And going with a lot of veterans. And then you get the injuries this year to Hudson mm-hmm. and Justin Pugh and DJ Humphreys. Do you feel looking back that maybe you guys should have done a better job of bringing in some some offensive linemen earlier in the draft in previous years? I think, you know, when you look in hindsight, you know, we can always say we wish we did this, we wish we did that. Uh, but coming into the season, we felt, you know, we felt good about our depth um, and the guys that we had. Again, the injury bug did hit us and we did lose the whole line, but obviously when you look back, yeah, you wish you had an offensive lineman. That wasn't the case, but I don't think, you know, we had a lack of depth going in. We just really got hit hard, you know, injuries on the offensive line. And it's something, you know, you, you can't win, you know, if you're not winning in the trenches. So that's something, you know, we're going to look at going forward. Hey, Quinton, got to ask you your perspective on last night's Hard Knocks episode. We haven't heard much from Mike Bidwell, not only publicly or even on the Hard Knocks episodes, but the owner, uh, he, when he addressed the team last night, we only saw a snippet of it, mm-hmm. but but he had some bite, and he he, he, he dropped a cuss word, and he, he, he appeared mm-hmm. to be not all that happy, and let's mm-hmm. be honest, he, he accused some guys of cutting corners, and I don't know if you were in on that meeting. I'm sure you've heard about it by now if you weren't uh, as, as one of the main executives now with the organization uh, when you hear the owner say something like that and say some of you guys might be cutting or are cutting corners and it's hurting us on the football field what is your reaction to that yeah, well my reaction to that is first of all uh, he should be upset the fan base should be upset we're upset internally um, and when we're not winning obviously uh, we're not doing things all the way the right way and that was to address everything in terms of cutting corners that's it's just the little things um without going into detail i would just say that when we're evaluating everyone we evaluate everything i'm being evaluated the coaches are being evaluated the players are being evaluated and it can be as little as you know uh making sure the area is tidy it could be as little as you know just how you handle yourself so um i'm not quite sure you know because michael's you know obviously knows everything but i'm not quite sure in terms of the corner cutting what he was referring to but when we're not winning uh we have to change things we have to look at every angle you've got a, a bunch of free agents that are coming 
up. One of them, uh, J.J. Watt, who's had a very good year for you guys, mm-hmm. been here for two years. Have you spoken to J.J. Watt about his future? Do you do? Would you like to have him back with the Cardinals next season? Yeah. So you know, at this stage, my focus is on these last three weeks. Um, haven't got into you know who's coming back, who we want back. That's a, a discussion for later. You know, right now is just trying to finish the season strong. Uh, everyone's auditioning. Uh, you know, from from myself to the coaches to the staff, to the players, everyone's on audition. And you know, when I spoke to the team myself and Adrian, that was our mantra. Uh, every we want to go with the guys that are going to push through because it's an adverse situation we're going through. We want to see the guys who are going to finish strong. And a lot of it is is leadership that you know from Buddha Baker, from JJ, from Kelvin, a lot of those guys who can set the tempo. But you know, at this stage going forward, haven't talked about who's coming back and that sort of thing. Really, it's just about finishing the season strong. Sure, sure. There's there's been a lot of speculation about the head coach, even though he's got a new contract about his future and whether this could be his last home game. Uh, when do you anticipate uh, something being finalized? Is that going to be after the season, or do you think a decision has already been made? No, I, I you know I don't know any you know in terms of that. I don't know about the decision making process when it comes to coaching or anything like that's way above my pay grade. You know, I'm I'm the the VP that's sliding in and, and helping out at this stage right now. So I'm sure that's a conversation that you know Michael will have. Um, you know, when he decides to have it. All right, let's uh, let's get an injury update from you. You've got a, you've had a lot of guys that have been out. Zach Allen, Beecham, Hamilton, Colt, obviously Byron Murphy. Do you expect any of these injured players to be ready and and, and available for this game against Tampa Bay? So we're, we're we're not sure yet. You know, it's kind of a wait and see type of thing, and see how guys progress through the week. Um, so we're, you know, right now I can't give you a firm answer um, with that when it comes to the injury standpoint. But uh, we're, hopeful, we're we're hopeful for some of those guys. Uh, snowmobiling on the border of Finland and Russia. It's, uh-huh. I'm telling you, I've done it. Pretty cool, <laughs> right there with the northern lights coming up at the night. You know, at night, and you're out on those snowmobiles and not really sure where you're going, or doing some dog mushing over there. That's a lot of fun. That could be a next adventure. Yeah, no, I, I definitely want to do that, but I have to hit all the continents first. And, you know, I have a few more continents left that I want to hit first before I start revisiting other continents. I think Antarctica is going to be difficult to do, uh, meaning, you know, if you can't go there through Drake's Passage um, for a small amount of time and we're in season. So that'll be hard, but uh, I'm trying to hit all the continents first, but the Northern Lights, they look beautiful, that that, that green hue. So, oh, yeah, I it. definitely know what you're talking about. Seen them in Finland, seen them in Alaska. My wife wants to do something in, in, in Antarctica. Article. Somewhere where like there's a where the seeds are stored. Have you ever heard of that? Oh yes, that's uh, you know if the world were to collapse, right. and, you know all every seed. Yeah, so it's we can there. restart. Yeah, restart the world. Yep. I, yeah. Trust me, I, I'm a little different, so I look at all those little different things. <laughs> My so. wife's like that too. She keeps showing me the seed thing. Like here's where they keep all the seeds for the whole world, right yeah. here in the middle of nowhere, because nobody can get to it. And uh, so she's big on like going to see stuff like that. This is what I don't understand. Who owns the seeds? Because Antarctica is, isn't that like, that, no one kind of has state claim to that. So who owns the seeds? I don't know, but apparently like it's incredibly hard to get to it, but it's like under the ground, on the snow and the ice, and apparently like, and there's photos of it, it's heavily guarded, and it's got oh, all the seeds of the world. Like if something happened, all of the seeds are right there, and then you can restart the world with the, just those seeds. All right, one of, my, yeah. one of my best friends is the youngest American to travel to every single country and continent in the world 
world. He's been on magazines and he's on really? the new Yes. I'm gonna hook you guys up with him. Lee Abamante is his name. You can find him on Twitter and Google. Please Google we'll jump out of a plane together somewhere yes. in a, a desert in Africa. Quentin, I'm gonna hook you up with Lee. He's gonna teach you how to yeah. get to all those places, trust me. All right, Quentin, I appreciate we, that. we appreciate it, the time, my friend. Thank you. Good luck against Tampa Bay. All right, thanks guys. Nice talking with you. All right, that's all right, the man. vice president of player personnel, Quentin Harris, joining us on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Sanderson Ford, 51st Avenue in Glendale. We got that big sales event going on right now. You can go online at sandersonford.com. I don't think the Twitter poll question has anybody been to where the seeds are, is it, Eric? It is not. Okay. Okay. Although my wife, I will say before we get to it, my wife said that I'm a dummy and that the seeds are not in Antarctica. They're actually in Norway. Well, we're supposed to be we're supposed to be in Norway right now, but we had to push it back. Um, and she said they're about a little bit north of where we're going to be in Norway. So that's where they are. So she kind of just yeah. So she sent me pictures. She goes, babe, the seeds place is exact other side of the world. So you want the pics of the seed place or you want pics of Antarctica? I want the seeds place. It's the doomsday vault where all the world's seeds are kept. And it's not in Antarctica, but it's actually in Norway. Well, you're not hosting a travel show. So Svalbard, Sval- north yeah, of Norway. Sure, sure, Country Norway. <laughs> you get some slack. Yeah, just a little Svalbard. It's just north of uh, Norway. There you go. Well, now I'm That's nervous to get up. into our uh, our Twitter poll question because it's actually not a sports Twitter poll question, Ringer, oh, so okay. I hope you can answer it. Mm. We're going to have some fun. It is the holiday season. Gambo's last show of 2022. Mm. So... Quite simply, what is a holiday tradition you will be partaking in this year? I always watch It's a Wonderful Life. Always. Always. And a Christmas carol, but only the one with George C. Scott. Only the one with George C. Scott. I can't watch the other one. The original one, the older one, is pretty good. But I like the George C. Scott one. I'll be very quick and simple. One present... On Christmas Eve. The kids, one present on Christmas Eve. You hold off then till Christmas morning. None of this all Christmas Eve. Everybody opens nonsense. One present. Just a little taste. A little taste. Okay. A little taste on Christmas Eve. Okay. Okay? Then you get to bed. Some of our best answers so far is sleep, of course, then eating, drinking, watching football, undo the belt, and kick back and nap. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that one. Kick back and nap? Kick back and nap. Relax, okay. eat, eat some food, watch some football. That, sounds more, like early, that, that sounds more like Thanksgiving, I gotta be honest, but okay. Yeah. I think I still do it on Christmas. I guess. Sure. Hot chocolate and Christmas cookies for breakfast. Baking cookies for Santa's on there as well. Yep. Hot chocolate and Christmas cookies are the Christmas morning breakfast. I like that. Same type of cookies or different type of yeah, cookies? Yeah. Whatever she whatever she makes, the Christmas cookies that Chelsea Those makes. sugar cookies. I like yeah. them. Nice. Yeah. I like the plain sugar cookies with the green and red sprinkles. You know, I don't have to go crazy here. I just like the sprinkles on the sugar cookies, and then I'll eat like 10 of those for breakfast with some hot chocolate. Well, let us know what your holiday traditions are at Burns and Gambo. We usually do some sports polls, but why not? It's a Thursday last show for Gambo in 2022. That's, holiday theme. That's right. The final show of 2022. 
the final show. That's the final countdown. All right. Um, this was, you know, me and Tim Whitring were, were actually, I don't, we weren't really arguing about this, but we were discussing this earlier um, because we just don't understand it in some ways. At least I don't understand it. The NFL is moving their package off of DirecTV. Which I think a lot of people are very happy about. But they're moving it off. The Sunday ticket is headed to YouTube. Now, first thought is, like, to me, what YouTube is, it's where my daughter's on all the time. Hey, what are you doing? I'm just watching videos on YouTube. Or my son, I'm watching videos on YouTube. I don't watch videos on YouTube. I watch... I go on Instagram. I watch reels. I like travel reels. I like seeing Amsterdam and Norway and the, you know, the seed vault. I like, I don't really ever go on YouTube. Right. But I don't ever go on you, but the kids, my kids are, they're all about YouTube. I don't really know. Listen. I'm not ridiculous. I know how to get to the Netflix app, the Amazon Prime app, the Discovery Plus app. I know I'm not, you know, but I don't ever, ever, ever go on YouTube. No. And that's how YouTube started. But that's what I was trying to tell you. YouTube in the last several years has become a... Uh, a vessel to watch television. There's a thing called YouTube TV. So you could have ditched DirecTV or you could have ditched whoever you used as your carrier to watch television and you could have ordered YouTube TV. How do you, how do you watch TV? Do you have DirecTV? No, I watch YouTube TV and that's where I get my channels. So YouTube TV is a thing. So now they have the rights to Sunday ticket. Google that owns YouTube paid $2.5 billion a year to the NFL to now own the rights to Sunday Ticket. So it's going to be available on YouTube TV and YouTube Premium channels. But where I'm confused is, much like you had to have Direct TV to get Sunday Ticket, do you now have to use YouTube TV as your television service to get Sunday ticket okay. going forward. Like, so I, have, I have direct not, TV. Do I got to cancel direct TV and now use YouTube TV for my well, main service? I imagine if you only had direct TV for the NFL Sunday ticket, a lot of people only had that because of the Sunday ticket. Um, I don't know. Like, is it just, okay, anybody can access YouTube, but if you want the NFL package, you got to pay the price? Well, anybody can, access, anybody can a- access it? Anybody can access the YouTube app on their smart TV. That That's easy and that's free. Okay. But can you order Sunday ticket a la carte and access Sunday ticket that way? Or do you actually have to be a YouTube TV subscriber? <laughs> Which would then be the way that you would actually watch okay. regular television so, so, through YouTube TV, and you would scrap all your. Well, why else and, would that might be the case? Because really, why else would they decide to pay this incredible exactly. package unless they were trying to get people to sign up for the primetime channels? Exactly. All right. So the NFL announced a multi-year agreement on Thursday for Google to distribute the league's Sunday ticket package of out-of-market afternoon games on YouTube TV and YouTube primetime channels. Um, the NFL was seeking $2.5 billion per season for the package, which has been on DirecTV since 1994. The satellite provider had paid $1.5 billion per year on an eight-year contract that expires at the end of the season. I just wonder, could you, do you think they have this available in the seed vault? <laughs> the world seed, seed vault? I'm just crushed. Um That's a good question. So it's it's, right right now. So 
The NFL's on Amazon. It's on Apple. It's on ESPN. It's on you. The NFL's everywhere. Like well, it's, it's everywhere. Well, it's groundbreaking in that that Sunday ticket is now being streamed. Now the cost of Sunday ticket is expected to stay around the same. It's around three hundred dollars. A lot of people pay it up front. Some people pay it off monthly. But it's essentially. Give or take a few bucks. I mean, you can always haggle with DirecTV to get it down, but just figure it's like 300 bucks. It'll probably be 300 bucks on YouTube TV. But again, the question is, and I assume you're right too, Gambo, is that you'll have to become a YouTube TV customer. So whatever your means of watching television are now, if you want Sunday ticket, you're going to have okay, to now he, watch your television on YouTube. Here's TV. what their CEO says. Starting next season, Sunday ticket will be available as an add-on package on YouTube, YouTube TV and standalone a la carte on YouTube primetime channels. What is it? Oh, you, but you'll probably have to buy those primetime channels and then a la carte means here's the problem with a la carte. If you're buying a game a la carte every week, it's probably going to be cheaper to just buy the year okay. total package. It says YouTube primetime channels, which launched in November, is a service that allows users to subscribe and watch content from st- streaming services on the YouTube app. Even with the Sunday ticket moving to YouTube, the price is not expected to substantially decrease due to contracts with CBS and Fox, which carry the Sunday afternoon games. Right. That's what I was just saying. Your cost is going to be the same, but what are you going to have to do to be able to purchase the Sunday ticket? Are you going to have to move your whole operation over to YouTube TV? You know, some people have satellite dishes in the backyard for direct TV. Some people love their cocks. I mean, so it's going to be interesting to see what you you have to do to get Sunday tickets. All right. Coyotes coming off a Lost to Vegas last night. We'll check in with the GM Bill Armstrong next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.